Journeying with Newman, The Path to Sainthood. Newman on Ireland. My name is Father Francis Gavin, and I'm a priest of the Birmingham Oratory, founded by John Henry Newman. I was born and raised in Dublin, and studied for the priesthood in St. Patrick's College, Maynooth, before I moved to Birmingham to join the oratory in that city. I was first attracted to the oratory by St. Philip Neri, the charismatic Florentine who converted 16th century Rome with gentleness, kindness and humour. I was also deeply moved by the story of Newman, who followed his conscience and left the spires of Oxford and a promising career for the Catholic Church to work amongst the people of industrial Birmingham, including the impoverished Irish immigrants fleeing poverty and famine in their home country. Let's hear an extract from John Henry Newman on Ireland and its suitability as a location for a Catholic university. Ireland is the proper seat of a Catholic university on account of its ancient hereditary Catholicity and again of the future which is in store for it. It is impossible, gentlemen, to doubt that a future is in store for Ireland for more reasons than can here be enumerated. First, there is the circumstance that the Irish have been so miserably ill-treated and misused hitherto. For in the times now opening upon us, nationalities are waking into life, and the remotest people can make themselves heard into all the quarters of the earth. The lately invented methods of travel and of intelligence have destroyed geographical obstacles, and the wrongs of the oppressed in spite of oceans or of mountains, are brought under the public opinion of Europe, not before kings and governments alone, but before the tribunal of the European populations, who are becoming ever more powerful in the determination of political questions. And thus retribution is demanded and exacted for past crimes in proportion to their heinousness and their duration. And in the next place, it is plain that according as intercommunion grows between Europe and America, it is Ireland that must grow with it in social and political importance. For Ireland is the high road by which that intercourse is carried on, and the traffic between hemispheres must be to her a source of material as well as social benefit, as of old time, though on the minute geographical scale of Greece, Corinth, as being the thoroughfare of commerce by sea and land, became and was called the rich. And then, again, we must consider the material resources of Ireland, so insufficiently explored, so poorly developed, of which it belongs to them rather to speak, who by profession and attainments are masters of the subject. That this momentous future, thus foreshadowed, will be as glorious for Catholicity as for Ireland, we cannot doubt from the experience of the past. But as Providence works by means of human agencies, that natural anticipation has no tendency to diminish the anxiety and earnestness of all zealous Catholics to do their part in securing its fulfilment. And the wise and diligent cultivation of the intellect is one principal means, under the divine blessing, of the desired result. Since arriving at the Birmingham Oratory over seven years ago, I have frequently given tours of the Oratory Church. While many come to the Oratory to see Newman's Church, the reality is that the present Newman Memorial Church was rebuilt after his death and the church he knew 
was a much smaller, simpler structure. As a native Dubliner, it is with no small pleasure that I announce to guests that if you wish to see a church which Newman built, you will have to cross the Irish Sea and visit the University Church on St Stephen's Green in Dublin. Here is a church aptly described as a hidden gem, built by John Hungerford Pollen, but according to the wishes of Newman, who was then rector of the Catholic University of Ireland. It seems inevitable that any consideration of Newman and Ireland will dwell on his time in Dublin when he worked to establish a Catholic university there. While the university didn't succeed quite as Newman had wished, the discourses which he gave and prepared during this time were later collected as the idea of the university and have proved seminal since. What is perhaps less well appreciated is the effect which Newman's time in Ireland had on him as a man. In particular, Newman's close collaboration with figures associated with the Young Ireland Nationalist Movement caused him to revise his opinion and understanding of Ireland and of the Irish people. It might seem strange for someone whom we know as a prominent Catholic, but as a young Anglican in Oxford, Newman was an arch-opponent of Catholic emancipation, which was then being promoted by the Irish politician Daniel O'Connell. It was not that Newman was especially bigoted, but he genuinely feared the concessions made to Catholics would undermine the Anglican character of the recently united Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. When, eventually in 1845, Newman joined the Catholic Church, it was a church associated by many in England with foreigners. After all, the Pope in Rome was an Italian, and the Catholic churches of England were swelling with Irish people who were to make up an increasingly significant part of English Catholic life in the second half of the 19th century. It was in Dublin during the 1850s and in subsequent reflections that Newman came to understand the challenges between the two neighbouring islands. Much later, shortly before his death, Newman wrote to Gerard Manley Hopkins, who was then living in Dublin, seeking to comfort Hopkins, who was experiencing the discomfort of being an Englishman in Ireland, an experience which Newman had shared. While clearly distancing himself from Irish nationalist violence, which was causing Hopkins so much anxiety, Newman confessed that if he were an Irishman, then he would, in heart, be a rebel. This was a remarkable journey for someone who had begun his young adult life as an ardent Tory. Newman's journey of understanding was, however, a gradual one, informed by spending time in Ireland and among the Irish, but it also shows his ability to change and develop his views as circumstances change. Living in Dublin, in the aftermath of the Great Famine, he had heard much blame being levelled on the Westminster government for their lack of action in alleviating the suffering. He writes with great prescience about the role of both Europe and America in the subsequent political independence and economic prosperity which Ireland would enjoy over a century later. It remains to be seen whether the economic and social development of Ireland, foreseen by Newman as part of God's providence, 
are to be accompanied by a truly Christian and humanistic revival of learning. He is surely right, however, to suggest that a key to this success will be the diligent cultivation of the intellect.